You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode eight. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world. And we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode eight. Ocho. Ocho. On today's episode, we will be discussing the topic of inspiration. That could be certain things in our lives that have inspired us. We'll maybe go through the definition or a couple definitions of inspiration. Uh, look at maybe the difference in inspiration and motivation. So a couple things to look forward to on today's topic. But before we delve in, uh, as normal, we want to catch up with you all, let you know what's been going on. What y'all been up to, guys? Well, as you know, I've, I've got new little sweet little baby, uh, John Bear Lucia, uh, Elijah Paul is here. <laughs> and uh, Sorry for the viewers out there with all our name problems that we have. It's gotten worse, I see. Uh, we're getting used to having him around. He's doing really, really well so far. Just had his uh, two-week checkup. He's putting on pounds like his dad does. He's eating extra and actually put on almost a half a pound in the first less than two weeks. So... Um, he's doing great. Still a lot of, still a lot of poop in the house, um, mm -hmm. day and night. So we're still getting our sleep cut into on that, but, um, he's doing great, doing wonderful. That's awesome, brother. Yeah. I actually got to see him twice this week. Saw him with you at the, the Botsky shop, but I saw him with Wallace and her brother yesterday. Did she tell you that? She did tell me, um, uh, that y'all were spying on him at lunch, you and JB. Yeah. Shout out to Brashear. We actually were. We had a nice little lunch yesterday. Got to see the baby again and it was good seeing, uh, your brother-in-law too, buddy. Great cream, what you know good? Oh, man. Let's see. Uh, we're in Mardi Gras season. So I went to Mardi Gras ball last weekend. Very, very fun. Uh, I have two good friends that were on court. So, you know, their, their guests were, you know, long-term friends of mine back from college. So it was a nice little reunion. Uh, didn't get too crazy, um, but we had a good time. It was nice. What you're trying to say is you didn't channel your inner Steve? <laughs> did, not <ch> <laughs> did not channel my inner Steve. Although, well, let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was it was pretty pretty low key. I didn't, you know. Channel Drew Matthew, I see. Channel Drew Matthew, yeah. No, it was good. It was good times. You know, those things are always fun. Um, little dancing, little food, little catching up on old times and telling stories. And I have another Mardi Gras ball tomorrow night. So, so what Mardi Gras crew was it? So that was a crew dead no bless. And that's a crew down here. And the, tomorrow will be crew days on me. And that's our crew oh, that yeah, we're in. Yeah. So it's usually a great time. We dress up in different outfits uh there's it's, it's, it's a themed ball so there's a subject that you have to dress um according to the theme of course this year's a 40th anniversary you can take any theme from the last 40 years so it's pretty much wide open yeah uh so we're looking forward to that gonna be a good band um and good times john boy you're struggling this year you're not being able to make it out to the dance floor so many of these things having to be at home with a baby yeah we're uh we're taking the year off this year um so 
my Mardi Gras ball, which is, uh, or the crew that I'm in is Crew the Savage, uh, which was a few days after we had uh, Elijah Paul. So we sat on the sidelines there. Um, we we tend to have babies um, around the time to block the Mardi Gras ball participation. So my last... Uh, Let other people have the spotlight <laughs> for me this year, buddy. Yeah. So my three-year-old was born actually on our Mardi Gras ball day. So all of the pictures from the, the delivery and all of that, I, I got up in the morning and picked out my attire. Since it was our Mardi Gras ball day, I wore my um, tuxedo t-shirt all day. That's awesome. a pretty fly shirt. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad to hear things are going well. And Craig and I, we got to hang out a little bit for the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was, was awesome. Time. Good times, good times. Got to hang with your wife, get to know her a little bit. So, nice time overall. All right, guys. Want to delve into the topic here? Well, first off, uh, we have, I have had a little more feedback that I'd like to discuss. Um, <laughs> one of the things is people that I hear consistently from uh, our listeners or is, man... Craig's voice is so smooth. Oh my. It's so nice. That definitely has been said a time or two. <laughs> I just love to listen to it. Um, so I'm just wondering, how do you keep that silky smooth um, tone to your voice? Uh, I had a, an idea. Um, I've, I've seen you at Crying Eagle. I've seen you over okay. there. Is it maybe the uh, garlic butter sauce on that um, spinach pizza that they have over there oh. that keeps it nice and smooth, <laughs> lubed up? That is a very savory sauce on the on that pizza, yeah. And, and the beers are very good too at Crying Eagle. Um, Hardest but, working woman in America there too, Lady uh, Fran. Oh yeah, she's good. She's awesome. She is a saint over there. Shout too. out to Marley and Cricket for their amazing work at Crying Eagle Brewery. Um, but yeah, no, this is who I am. <laughs> so there's not a set number of pizzas that you have to have. Do you do you do you load up before we record or anything? Well, like that? no, I mean. I used to load up on pizzas, but I can't do that anymore. Craig is politely trying to fly above John's jokes, which is a smart idea here. And going to go with, it's just your God-given talent, huh, buddy? I'd I like to think so, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully have, some of you like it. We have gotten that feedback a lot, and we are much appreciative for it. That's awesome. Well, the other, another thing that people keep asking, I think there's some confu- confusion about the uh, Craig Cream name. Oh, gosh. Um, we have gotten that a time or two as well. So um, Craig Green is um, the inventor of uh, topical cream called AccuPlus. Um, it's uh, over-the-counter, analgesic. Um, and the story with the uh, nickname of Craig Green came up with, I had a patient who was at my uh, office who does not want me to say who they are. Um, they uh, were in there and were working on... Um, the child and uh, they looked over they were like oh is this cream any good i'm like yeah you know that's dr morton's cream and they know dr morton they're like oh craig that's craig's cream that's craig's cream <laughs> so that's how that came about i thought that was pretty funny and then after that i i uh, sent him a text and i said well i think i'm gonna rebrand your product <laughs> and, and all you gotta do is tell a few of your friends that Somebody called you Craig's cream and it's it's like wildfire. So <laughs> I, I apologize out there, but it is it does revolve around a topical pain cream that we got FDA registered um, for all your aches and pains. And so it was it's a long story I'm sure we'll share one day, but that's where that nickname came from. All right, guys, let's hop into the topic. Today's topic being inspiration. I think a good point or starting point would be to look at the definition. Craig and I were doing a little talking on this. Um, right before we started recording, and I had never thought of the difference in inspiration and motivation. And the definition I've got for inspiration is the process of being mentally stimulated to do or feel something 
especially to do something creative. And I think when you were talking about motivation, do you have that handy, Greg? Yeah, so I've shown motivation as uh, their definition that we found was the reason or reasons one has for acting or behaving in a particular way. Right, and so when I'm looking at it, I think one needs to be probably inspired before being motivated. Would you all agree? Yeah, I mean, um, in your definition, you mentioned the word mentally stimulated and then creative. So it's sort of like the light switch, you know, like the inspiration sort of the, it puts it in your head. It, it gives you the, the idea or the drive or the, the, the insight to do something, change something, create something. And mm-hmm. then maybe the motivation is the, the fuel behind, you know, proceeding with it. Executing the plan, Executing of, the plan. of what you're inspired to do. Sure. You need to be motivated to do it and or to stick with what you are going to do. And I think that uh, when I was looking at the definition of inspiration, one of the words that that I circle around to is the creative part. Honestly, Craig, you were the first person I thought of when I saw this because you've got a lot of creative creative fibers to you. And I think it's also pretty neat because we all have the ability to create anything we want, hence this podcast. And um, it's all about then executing what you want to create in a sense. No, absolutely. I mean, that's right. I'm, I guess I, that's one of my little attributes. I, if anything, I kind of approach life with more of a creative you know, mindset. So. Uh, if I'm part of a team, I tend to be the guy who likes to think of the ideas, you know, offer, you know, a future vision of what could be done and surround myself with people who are good at executing those visions. And, and together, it seems to work well. You know, I, I love that creative process. And thinking about inspiration in your life, you said anybody can create something, right? You're creating this masterpiece. So whether that's your, your marriage, you know, uh, work, uh, a hobby, a job, new business, there's so many creative aspects that if you think about any daily basis, what creativity goes into or inspires you to do uh, something for your significant other or spouse for a date or, right. or a gift, you know? Yeah. And I can relate. I'm, I wouldn't, I think in my little bit of older age here, I'm starting to become a little more creative, but mainly because I just want to be different out of the box. <laughs> so like in my world, in the legal world, I try to not do mainstream things. I'm normally the one not joking, haha, funny, but joking around or not super serious and finding a different way to, to relate to people in a sense versus the mainstream way. I think that the old saying of there's many ways to skin a cat is pretty true. So I have a little, I'm starting to learn, I have a little bit of creativity in me, not a ton, but a little bit. Well, that's pretty interesting. Um, have you actually skinned a cat? Meow. Negative. Okay. I've I just, actually skinned a cat. You skinned a cat? I'm sorry, y'all. Please tell <laughs> This is new news. Please tell us what the heck happened here. No, in, in college, comparative anatomy at McNeese. Oh, okay. yes. Nice. We really skinned the cat. But, wow. you know, it was part of our learning process to dissect and study the nerves, muscles, bones. It was my very first um, experience, uh, you know, taking apart a creature and learning their insides. I feel like we pretty... started with, like, a frog or something back in the day in school, mm-hmm. dissecting a frog. Did y'all do that in high school? Yeah. Couple of things yeah, we, we did a frog, part, a yeah. pig. You know, have you guys ever um, been in a position where you've had to inspire others, or do you, did you inadvertently inspire other people? Well, you know, when we were talking about doing this topic, I, I kind of started. wasn't really sure where we were going to go. If we were talking about inspirational quotes or uh, inspirational people that we've thought about, so um, I kind of just started thinking about people who I've encountered in my life. Uh, and one of the stories that I wanted to tell, um, I called my brother on the way over here and uh, tell a little bit about his story, Ramsey. 
Um, oh, poor Ramsey, yeah. getting that shout out he didn't want. Ramsey, I asked his permission to tell the story. I wouldn't tell him what it was because I don't want to give it away. But anyway, he would not give me uh, approval to tell his story, so I'm not going to tell that particular story. Can we inspire you to tell it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, Ramsey. He just texted me like five minutes ago and said, here's a written... Uh, Here's written proof. I'm not giving you permission to talk about me. <laughs> so I'm not going to talk about that. But uh, when I was, you know, I'd talked about some of the jobs that I'd done when I was younger, uh, one of which was working at a flying service that I talked about where we worked tons of hours and stuff during uh, weekends and uh, during the summer, my breaks and other things like that. And there was an, uh, a guy who I worked with at the time who, um, just a old Cajun guy, uh, probably wasn't even that old now that I think about it. Uh, but at that time, you know, you're fresh out of high school. Everybody seems old. Who's, uh, out working anyway, this guy who he was burned as a child, like severely, a lot of his body was burned, uh, probably 80%. Um, his, he had a leg length discrepancy of probably two to three inches his, his, he had to have a, uh, a piece attached to all of his shoes to make it symmetrical. I mean, even with that being said, this guy had a lot of physical problems and he was one of the hardest working people I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so his main job was like diesel mechanic, repairman kind of deal. And instead of, you know, you know, seeing a lot of people who they have an injury, they have an illness, they want to look for reasons to not, um, to avoid physical activity, avoid working, do other things like that. This guy would go and work 80, 100 hours a week or even more and never complained about it. If you put something else in front of him to fix, he was going to be there and do that. I mean, and to me, that was uh, just amazing. And I mean, that was even before I went through all of the studies to see what kind of things he, or even have the understanding of what kind of things his body had to deal with on a daily basis. And it, it just blew me away and was amazing. And to me, it just inspired me to say, man, this guy can work so hard to do all this stuff. I have no reason to complain. I tried to always try to go take as much work from him that I could to try to assist him. But it was just amazing to see that will to, uh, just be a productive person and do great things uh, with what was given to him. Yeah, dude, I think it's pretty neat. He still has a pretty significant impact on you today. All yeah, he does. Years later, still thinking of him, still knowing the story. That's that's pretty cool. Right? Oh, he's a great guy, and he he and uh, his cousin are the two reasons why I know a little bit of French. Um, I don't. I guess I can probably say it. Nobody probably knows any of the French. So some of the sayings that uh, I'm fluent in it, bro. Okay, mon tu bouche l'œil. Yeah, I don't think you're going to know that one. <laughs> don't want to give for away any of you, secrets. For any of you who do happen to speak uh, French, I apologize. Uh, but it was uh, pretty interesting. I had several little phrases like that that they would teach me, and they got a kick out of it whenever I would say them. Or, so it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, great guy. Very cool, man. Yeah, when I think of inspiration, I, I, I had just written down some notes, and it's weird. It was very random that we decided to do the topic. I think I texted y'all a few days ago and was like, what about inspiration? And here we are. Uh, obviously, Kobe Bryant, a lot of that was in the news, obviously, a couple of weeks ago. And 
you know, something as big as a, a famous athlete like Kobe Bryant or somebody like John's talking about here can inspire you, just like words can inspire you, nature, the outdoors. So it's a pretty a broad-based topic. But then when I started really kind of thinking about it, I guess, a lot of times at night I like to spend some time in silent thought and and thinking about it, I was like, man, we all do. And it's kind of what you were saying. Have y'all all inspired anybody? Craig was saying when I mean you. And I'm kind of sitting here thinking, yeah, man, that's exactly true. I can't, nothing just boom came to my mind to inspire somebody, but I think we all are given certain God-given talents per se, and what we may do could impact one person versus differently than another person. So I think we can take something from everybody we run into and be inspired in some way. And then when I was thinking about it, I hate to do this because I know everybody knows I love Lady J, but Lady J. I love Lady J too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Lady J is an inspiring person. When I, when I was um, listening to you talk about that guy, he seems like he had a pretty good motor, meaning and so far as doing a lot of stuff, always moving forward. And I drew, I'm one of these people, I don't really, my sleep is important to me. We all have heard about that. Well, we've heard that. Oh, we know about that. I personally know <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's really important to me, but it's only like a finite amount of sleep. Like, I, I want to get about six hours a night, and that's it. I really don't want to spend a third of my life. And, hey, I'm not dogging anybody out there who needs eight or nine hours of sleep by any stretch. But I'm, when I look at it, I'm like, I'm sleeping a third of my life away. And when I look at Lady J, she's one of those people who needs four or five hours of sleep. That's it. I can't go to that level. But I'm also thinking, man, that's really inspiring to see. Like, she gets so much more out of life in the sense that I do, than I do because she has many more hours out there. So... One of the reasons, one of the many reasons Lady J inspires me. Yeah, um, you know, another thing that was really inspiring uh, to me, um, I talked about in one of the earlier podcasts that uh, I went on some mission trips um, to Nicaragua. So uh, I remember the first time that um, I went on the trip, uh, my brother, who was a seminarian at the time, who is now a priest, called me out of the blue and said, hey, um, we're going to do this church mission um, in Nicaragua, you know, I think you ought to come with me. So I said, well, you know, what's going on? Are y'all doing physical manual labor? Is it a medical clinic? What am I getting myself into? So he said, well, I don't really know. Um, I'll get back to you. So he called me back and said, no, there's a medical component too. Um, They have a physician that's coming down with us, uh, Dr. Connor, uh, Philip Connor, um, and, um, you know, they see patients, they do this kind of stuff, anything that's needed. So, um, you can work in that clinic if that's what you want to do. So, uh, said, okay, you know, I'll go do that, see some patients while we're down there. So we go down there and we start seeing these patients. Um, and it was just amazing how appreciative all these people were. And the way that, um, my, my treatment works is normally I would see somebody on a repeated basis. Somebody would come in, I would see them two or three times a week for a period of time. And these people would come in and I would work on them. You know, they would get better. I may give them some stretches, do some other things like that. And I would say, hey, can I see you tomorrow? You know, we're going to be here for five days or seven days, however long it was. Can I see you tomorrow? Can I see you every day that we're here? And it was amazing um a lot of the time the answer was no um that they could not come back and see me again i'd be like look we're only gonna be here a short period of time you have some problems i think we can make a significant improvement if i can get my hands on you for a while 
some of these people would get up at four, three or four in the morning, like Lady J, and would walk seven hours in order to come to this clinic and see us, and then turn around and walk six or seven hours, or wait till the next day, because we were seeing 50, 60, 70 patients a day. It, it generally grew um, for me, because I, the people who were available to come back the next day, I would get them to come back. We had a set number of patients who the medical facility would see, but the people that I wanted to see on a repeated basis got to come back at a higher frequency. So this was something that, um, you know, these people would make a tremendous sacrifice to get up and come and see me and, you know, receive, you know, other medical attention. It was just amazing. I mean, this community or this country is extremely poor. Um, There was a not a daycare, but like a kids' church, kids' um, program that they did. And a lot of these kids, five, six years old, were homeless, living on the streets. I mean, it was just unbelievable uh, what these people had to deal with. And with that being said, all of these people were extremely grateful, extremely happy, um, extremely um appreciative of what little bit we were able to offer them. So after that uh, two-week period or 10-day period that we were there, um, it was pretty apparent with everyone who was involved on that mission trip that the impact that all those people made on us, we thought we were going down there to make an impact on them uh, to help them out with their physical ailments. But it was a huge impact on all of us and an inspiration for us to see these poor people don't have food. They don't have medical attention. A lot of these people lived on the side of the road in structures that were made up of plywood wrapped around trees or uh, sheets of tin that were wrapped around trees. I mean, these were not real housing structures. So it was pretty humbling. Uh, and I can't think of anybody that left not feeling inspired and feeling blessed and feeling motivated motivated to do better with their lives with what we have. That's pretty cool. The table got turned on you, man. You yeah, really and it, inspired, you know, it inspired me to go back again and, and go the next year um, again also. That's awesome, man. It's kind of interesting, you know, that you mentioned gratitude. They come to you with this gratitude, and that was inspiring. And you're going down there with an open heart to hopefully heal people, but also inspire them and kind of challenge you to think like, how do we inspire others? You know, I think a lot of times, as Matt alluded to, we tend to focus on what we don't have. We come from a place of, of, of lack. Like we we're looking at what we're missing, what we don't have. And it doesn't take long to think about a lot of other people out there that are probably a lot less fortunate. And, you know, there might be people in your own life that might be less fortunate spiritually or emotionally. So not necessarily tied to poverty, but they could use somebody to inspire their heart or their mind. So maybe challenge yourself to look around and, you know, is there somebody, I think we all need someone at some point to help us, you know, open the door of our hearts and minds in a way that we can't see. So just taking a few minutes though, even though you might be down on your luck, there could be somebody who's even worse off that you could spend some time with and just, just share and talk and maybe, and I mentioned this before in previous podcast, put something in their, their mind that they can't tell themselves. You know, a lot of times we think we can fix ourselves, and we just kind of go in circles on the issues, but you need somebody else to put a, a, a message in there. And I actually kind of commend, uh, there's a few people out there that have taken their disability, like Stephen mentioned, and 
they've made a living out of inspiring others. I, you know, I had the opportunity to go to a conference, and one of the speakers was a, a gentleman named Sean Stevens, Stevenson. I think it's S-E-A-N and Stevenson with a P-H. And uh, he had a condition called osteogenesis imperfecta, or brittle bone disease. And essentially, your bones are so brittle that you're susceptible to fractures, and you have uh, you know, a bunch of growth uh, deformities. Your bones never fully form appropriately. And so, you know, and Sean, and talking about his childhood, he broke over 200 bones. I mean, he just bumps his leg into a wall, and it cracks. And so he lives his life with the pain of fractures. And he's three feet tall, 40-something pounds. And just huge, huge uh, amount of disability. But his parents always, you know, didn't let him just harp on the negative. They encouraged him to stay strong, and they were very supportive. Um, he said they had an egg timer um, to contain his episodes of self-pity to 15 minutes a day. I mean, wow. <laughs> it's just like, hey, man, we're not going to focus on that. You're going to get up and do it and push it. And so to see him tell his story, and you're sitting in the crowd, you know, focusing on whatever things worrying you, and this guy can't he has to scoot around on the ground he breaks bones when he touches anything he can't even comb his hair because his arms don't reach it's like wow and his heart is so full he's writing books he's inspiring people he's taking you know this disability and just bringing people to a whole other level so i just think there's a, a lot of opportunity especially with gratitude to inspire others but also you know to be inspired i agree i was looking at a few quotes before this and this Honestly, we kind of were both, and you and I looked at the same quote, Craig, and it's, keep your face always toward the sunshine, and the shadows will fall behind you, by Walt Whitman. And that's, uh, sometimes inspiration can go, it can help one's attitude, the way they look at things, um, in a lot of ways. Another thing that came to my mind was teachers and coaches out there. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of teachers can inspire us when we're younger to, to have dreams and goals, and it's also a selfless, very selfless job. Along with coaches, I still remember my second mm -hmm. grade teacher making a big, I had just moved from <laughs> ICCS to Queen of Heaven and um, was in a completely new environment, didn't know anybody, and the impact that her name was is Angel Tartamella, I still see her in that, around church every now and again, uh, made on my, in my life, put me in a new situation, uh, making it easier for me, helping me with friends, things like that. What about y'all? Any uh, teachers or... Coaches, anything like that that inspired y'all in y'all's lives? I had a high school teacher. Shout out to Kathy Rion. Uh, she was a biology teacher of mine and just, just had a, a, like she had joy in her heart when she taught. You could tell she truly, truly enjoyed what she was doing and just wanted us to enjoy it, inspire us. She was our, the pre-medical, you know, uh, liaison for high school. And so kind of got me turned on to science and medicine, which ultimately, you know, triggered my interest in going to med school and becoming a doctor. So, you know, she was always very inspiring. She would go on to become a nurse and still is and, and educate nurses, future nurses. So, yeah, I always talk about her because, you know, you're just kind of high school, going to college, what I want to do. And to have somebody really uh, lift you up and show you the possibilities is, is pretty special. Yeah, I think it's a good point talking about coaches. We, I certainly had several coaches that uh, – had big impacts on uh, my life and also, you know, my brothers also. We all attended the same high school. Um, but I think that's a common theme throughout um, education with, you know, y'all stories with the teachers and with the coaches that, you know, it's something that um, they put in a lot of time and effort, particularly coaches. I mean, the amount of compensation that they receive for the additional work that they do a day is just pretty unbelievable. 
Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't even know how they pulled it off with that. I agree, and it's not only from an X's and O's standpoint so far as coaching the game, but molding people's lives. Like, it's a huge deal, and a, a lot of them, you know, I, I can remember still when I was younger, coaches that were father figures to um, to kids who didn't have a, a father figure in their life. And that doesn't just, we're not just, or I'm not just talking like a high school or a college coach, like when I had coaches, but even parents out there who are volunteer, you know, basketball, little league coaches, football coaches, we're really thankful and appreciative for you for sure. And it's also the, the lives that are touched by parents who are helping those children, you know, could be bringing them to practice, teaching them life lessons within the game that's not just, again, about the X's and O's or the strategy or winning, just some life lessons. And, and I, I think you hear that uh, quite often, especially in a lot of guys who have done really well in the, um, you know, in the league and things like that. You hear them talking, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, is that his name? Who played? Our running back. And his, I think it was his, but did you hear that story? Or one of y'all hear that story? Like his stepfather was a huge inspiration in his life. And his dad is, is now back part of his life. And both of them are, are huge parts of his life. But it was really neat to me when I watched some stories on him that the inspiration and help that was given from, you know, his stepfather too. Very, very neat. So um, it's a selfless job that they do, but also um, very rewarding to those, you know, students, athletes, et cetera, in a lot of ways. The hot dog, I know you do a little um, baseball coaching, um, private lesson kind of stuff. You, you getting some positive influence on some kids? You know, I'm trying, man. Um, <laughs> I did. I coached Little League for three years. I, I think it's hugely important to give back to the game. The game was good to me. Obviously, a lot of memories, but taught me a lot about life, as we've alluded to. And Were you thrown out of any Little League games? Have they learned anger management yet? <laughs> No, was not thrown out of any. That was back when I really probably had the hot dog would have been more suited for me, man. <laughs> I had that, had that those days back in the gap. But, um, you know, I do now. I, did, I just did a lesson for Suzanne May, one of our paralegals, um, little boys, uh, her, well, her son this week. And I took a picture of him uh, up on the mound. I was teaching him some about pitching. And it's really cool. Every time I do it, Seeing life through a kid's eyes, it's just, it's pretty neat for me um, because it does make you kind of, I try in my own head to simplify things in a lot of ways in my life. Um, life can be very difficult at times and it can be very confusing. There can be a million things going on at one time, but it's simple in a lot of ways. Like just try to live your best, treat people like you want to be treated and, and try to stay within that sphere. Or at least I try to tell myself that. But one of the things I have taken from a lot of that is and, and I'm involved in the Children's Museum board here too in Lake Charles is seeing life through kids. And y'all would know better than me. You have some of your own. It's pretty neat to be able to see um, and or try to, to paint my own life in that way in a lot of times. So yeah, gained a lot through children, brother. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. Uh, that, that, and that's so true. You're talking about uh, seeing things through a kid's eyes. You know, as I've talked about many times, uh, I've got a three-year-old, and uh, <clears throat> any of you have had kids or have kids that age, you see they anything that um, an adult or an older figure, particularly a parent, anything that you do during the day, they're going to look up to you and be inspired and emulate. So 
Um, it's amazing to see um, tiny, the tiny gift to walk around and try to do things that I do. Uh, he always wants to try to help me do st- stuff. God bless him for the example. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he comes out and tries to help me take the ba- you know, the newborn out of the uh, car seat or get him in and out of the car. So, um, you know, it's a, a huge responsibility too, though. Um, you know, he obviously is being inspired to try to help me or do things that I do, but it's also a huge responsibility to, um, you know, try to teach them the right path to be on and, um, don't show them things. Maybe you should not Yes, be careful with that. It's interesting. I, I, I mirror what you said earlier about shout out to teachers and coaches and counselors and people who dedicate their lives to teaching and inspiring our mm-hmm. youth. Uh, so shout out to parents who have to raise children and always question whether they're doing the right thing or not um, because, man, those kids are so, uh, their hearts are so open. And, you know, I, I mentioned doing that retreat not too long ago, and a lot of kids have had some rough childhood, and uh, it's amazing how that was caused by adults and parents and things. And so you have such a great opportunity to inspire kids, and it would literally shape the course of their life. I mean, it's amazing mm-hmm. how one coach, one teacher, one, you know, parent's comments can just bring them to so many amazing places. and. So just uh, something I personally try to do best I can, you know, is be open-minded to what I'm saying, what I'm doing, actions I'm leading, you know, is that an example? I'm, I'm setting a good example for my children, my friend's children, and uh, hopefully lifting them up. Well said, man. I think counselors, that's another one. Um, people or pastors, priests, people who put themselves out there to, to try to help others who are in tough spots and can inspire them to get out of those spots. So yeah, I would definitely second that for sure. The last one that um, I kind of wanted to hit on before we kind of wrap up the topic would be what about nature or sunsets for myself, sunrises for some people, I'm not necessarily a super early riser at times, but sometimes like when we go to my favorite spot, the Highlands and I'm out there in nature, it's pretty inspiring to me when I see a sunset or a waterfall or something God created in nature at its finest um, it puts my mind in a place of wanting to be inspired, wanting to do better, things like that. Can y'all relate to any of that? I mean, I definitely can. I, you know, I like to go run and a lot of times I'll go early in the morning or late in the evening. I'll catch the sunrise or the sunset. And there's so many times where I'll just stop and take a picture of it. And mm-hmm. I have like this huge database of sunrises and sunsets and cool cloud formations because, you know, and people, you know, might text, oh my, yeah, it's God's art. And it is. And so it kind of goes back to that creative artistic you know, it's, it's a masterpiece. And so it inspires, you know, the masterpiece inside of you, whether it lifts your mood or whether it takes you back to a place where you felt happiness and peace. Cause you know, I was on a beach one time and I just feel like, God, this is that special moment. I was on a mountaintop experience and just the majesty of it all <clears throat> kind of pauses, you know, makes you stop, put everything on hold and just, just be in the moment. And that's inspiring. No, I agree, uh, Craig Cream. It it is pretty amazing to have those um, those interactions with nature. Uh, you know, particularly uh, whenever you said that about being a mountaintop, but the the thought just flashed in my head about whenever me, you, and Green Pole were in the Highlands and that yeah. picture that we took on top of uh, what what mountain was it? You remember? I don't, but I remember Green Paul losing his phone. Yeah, Green Paul uh, did lose his phone. <laughs> uh, but it was—I mean—it's amazing to think how beautiful and uh, majestic that that place is, and also what a small little um, speck we are in uh, this whole um, Earth and universe. Um, so it—it's it, pretty interesting to think about. 
Well said, John. That was awesome, John. Let's see. Matt, did you hit the brakes? Hit the gas? Anything this week? Yeah, guys, I'll take it this week. Nothing really uh, made me hit the brakes per se, but I was forced to hit the gas this week when yeah. my dog woke me up. Sweet little Reese woke me up at about 530 because my the battery to the smoke alarm was beeping. So was there a fire? No fire. Did um, any um, firemen show up? Were they all sweaty? What happened? <laughs> no, but it did get kind of close to because I couldn't get that thing to stop beeping. So it's 530 and I was like, man... Well, and I'm not, early. I normally get up around 6.30 or 7, and I was like, well, I'm kind of forced to get up because this isn't going to stop. I tried to, I got the battery out. I tried to like unhook it, and I set the whole alarm system off in here. So the fire people got close, had to go turn it off. Trying to lure them into your house. That's right, right down the street. Um, <laughs> and so I was forced to be up, and you know, I thought, well, let me make the best of this situation. So I went and got a workout in, went to Walgreens before, I was at the door before they even opened the doors to get my battery for the to get the thing to stop beeping. I went and picked up donuts for the office. The day was fantastic to the point. I was like, I need to try to implement this more. You know, you can see the sun coming up out there besides hunting. I'm really not up that early. So I was kind of forced to hit the gas and really thankful for it. I got to see the day through a different lens, so to speak this week. That's One day. A, that's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty neat. That's also something that I certainly like to do whenever I travel is, um, I always like to see the sunrises and sunsets wherever mm-hmm. I am. Um, because I'm for one, I'm not going to be there for that long time period. And I want to see what it looks like, mm-hmm. uh, from that perspective, that point in the world, wherever I may be. So it's great. I would recommend it to everyone. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, look, we appreciate everyone tuning in this week. Uh, We've appreciated all the feedback we've been getting so far. Uh, We really appreciate reviews or subscriptions to people you may not know. Um, Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. And we would challenge you to, to shout out to us. Let us know things that have inspired you in your life. And we'll leave you with one little quote here. You might be in a spot thinking, man, how can I get myself going? And I saw this. I thought it was cool by Milton Burley, it looks like. And it says, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. (laughs) So just look at it like that way. You can create your own opportunities. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel like this your best life, won't you sing with me? Come on.